Hey, 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 guys. Welcome back to Flick Talk with your favorite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And today we are diving into a, as Fee would call it, a cult classic. Um, mm-hmm. We are diving into Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Fee has a lot of comments about it, guys. So stay tuned. Isn't there a song where, and I know, do you know every time this, I, I, I um, think of this like Coyote Ugly, I always think of that song where it, yeah, so Fee has a lot of thoughts about um, the movie, so brace yourselves and um, stay tuned for her, um, her strong opinions about the movie. But I hope we have all been well and are all enjoying the sun. If you're in the UK, the sun's been out and shining, so I hope you're making the most of it. And Fee, so... Oh, so- here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. No, I don't think I know this song. Uh, it's that lyric is really funny though. Oh, no, I do know this song. Oh, this is like years old, isn't it? Yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, no, this, I do know, um, no, I do know this love. song. Here we go. Sign and Fee F- has now redeemed bike. herself, guys. She's redeemed <laughs> Okay, so... For a little breakdown, so um, the movie is based on a 21-year-old Violet Sanford who dreams of becoming a songwriter someday. Um, she, moves to, she moves from her New Jersey hometown, South Amboy, to New York to become a songwriter, even though she knows little about the big city. All her efforts get um, to get a demo, ta- a demo tape to her producer are useless, and additionally, her apartment is broken into. Um, which leaves her with nothing. By coincidence, um, she's led to Coyote Ugly, which is a nightclub where barmaids are attractive young women who drive their male customers crazy by teasing them with their dancing and outrageous antics. Violet manages to get a position and starts learning the ways of the city. And after getting in trouble because of a misunderstanding, Violet's new friend Kevin tries to get rid of her, rid of her stage fright so that she can perform her songs herself. And um, we've also got Violet's father Bill, um, who doesn't like the idea of her leaving him behind, nor does he like her new job. But for her, leaving home is a part of growing up. How do we feel about that summary, Fee? Does it capture the essence of the movie? I mean, it's more glorifying than the movie itself. So. <laughs> uh, you are not impressed by this movie at all. I uh, Yeah, well, we will tell you later on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to move on to the little ta- info mm. about, uh, behind the movie. So, Coyote Ugly is a 2000 American romantic musical comedy drama. I don't, there's no comedy in it, but okay. Um, yeah, I agree. It was directed by David McNally, and I think he's only done, like, uh, this movie and another movie called Kangaroo Jack. Oh, okay. um, he's kind of known for, um, I think he's done, like, Super Bowl adverts, which is what I found in my research. Oh. Um, he's a British-Canadian a- a director of film and television. Um, this movie was written by Todd Graff, um, who has, like, 
done a kind of myriad of things, but he's most known for like uh, there's this those indie film in 2003 called Camp, mm. um, and it's like a yeah, it's like a really uh, I think it is quite like a uh, what's it called like a fa- not a f- I don't want to say famous kind of thing, but it's like a really well known right. movie. It's where um, I know I've heard about it because it was like uh, Anna Kendrick's like first role or something. Oh. Um, yeah, um, and like it was a really good movie, basically, and it was very artistic and oh, that's whatever. cool. Um, so he's done quite a lot of um, movies as such. Um, I think he's also done Band Slam, which was in like 2010 or something, if anyone remembers that, um, and a lot of kind of Broadway musicals as well. Um, it's also written by, which I was really surprised, Gina Wenkos, who. Did Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, oh. and I think she also did one of the Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, it's also written by Kevin Smith. Um, it was uncredited, but it's also written by him. He, you might know him as the guy who always interviews Marvel, like uh. people, um, like com- comic cons, and he's also like a film director himself. But he's like always on these panels and stuff, so you might know him from that. Um, it's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Chad Oman. Um, cast obviously, Bell will go through mm. that later on. Cinematography was was by Amir M. Mokri. Edited by William Goldenberg. Music was by Trevor Horn. Production production companies was by uh, Touchstone Pictures and Jerry Bruckheimer Films. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Um, and I think it was made on a budget of like $45 million. Um, shockingly, the box office reached $113.9 million, which, wow. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, that's that's crazy. Um I'm just going to, like, touch upon on the writing and, like, the filming of it a bit. Um, so Kevin Smith, as I uh, said previously, wrote an uncredited rewrite of the um, script, stated that a total of eight writers worked on the script, while the Writers Guild of America only gave credit to Gina Wenkos, who wrote the first draft of the script. Um, Jeff Nathanson wrote a draft that director David McNally can credits as the draft that brought the thing home. Nathanson was credited on the initial theatrical poster, but not in the finished film. Carrie Fisher also wrote a draft. Um, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know if this is ex- if this is Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, if it's like the like the actress, the big actress Carrie Fisher, I'm like, that's so random. It just says, that, uh, yeah, including one by Carrie Fisher. Maybe, okay. we don't know. Um, anyways, so the filming. Um, um, Principal's photography took place in Manhattan and small towns in New Jersey, including South Amboy, which obviously, what's her name? Violet says that she's from, and Seabright for a month. Production then moved to California and shooting t- took place in Los Angeles, West Hollywood, Pasadena, and San Pedro. Um, I mean, this was one of my facts as well, but I think I'll touch upon it now because we're kind of in the introduction. So for those of you who don't know what Coyote Ugly really means, um, it was, Mm. I mean, 
Belle is going to touch upon this as well. So the film was actually based on a real mm-hmm. franchise of bars that is called Coyote Ugly Saloon. And it's like now I think they've expanded to like Europe as well. Um, there's, there's apparently one in the UK or something and it's just basically all around America and now obviously expanded everywhere else. Um, as mentioned in the film, the slang term Coyote Ugly refers to the feeling of waking up after a one night stand and discovering that one's arm is underneath someone who is so physically repulsive that one would gladly chew it off without waking the person just so one can get away without being discovered. Which is what coyotes are known for, to gnaw off limbs if they are struck in a a trap to facilitate escape. Hence, coyote ugly. So that's that's just a little clarification for anyone. Now I'm going to move it back to Belle um, for the cast and everything else. Yes, so I shall dive straight into the cast. So um, we've got um, the main female character, um, Piper, um, who um, plays Violet Sanford. Um, Her name is Piper Parabo. And she has, um, she's been in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, she's also been in Lost and Delirious. I know her by, from Cheaper by the Dozen. That's the only thing I, yeah. Yeah, I've seen her in. And if anyone like has seen it, she plays the older sister who's like going yeah. off to college or something. Yeah. And then and, she's pregnant um, in the second one. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, it's literally a dozen kids in the house. Literally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, yeah, go watch it. It's, it's a cute, fun movie. I love Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, I like it. We also have um her male, the yeah the male lead basically yeah. Um, yeah male counterpart yeah um who is Adam Garcia and he plays her love interest and eventually her boyfriend Kevin O'Donnell and um he's been in movies like Saturday Night Fever, um Kiss yeah. Me Kate, which leads me on to my next point um he was um. I don't know if you remember there was a show called Got to Dance and he was basically no. a judge on it with Ashley Banjo and Kimberly Wyatt. I think she's the one from Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. One, I think, yeah. So he was a judge on, like, it was like a dancing show and he was, um, he was the, um, he was one of the judges. Wait, can I go back to Adam Garcia? I just thought, I just realised who I, where I remember him from. Have you ever watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen? And it has Lindsay Lohan. No, Lohan's. I haven't. It was like, it was like a, it was not a Disney Channel movie. It was like a Warner Brothers movie. And it was like, she basically moves to New York and like, it's like a drama. Megan Fox is in this movie as well. And they have like oh a li- gosh, rivalry and stuff. And he's in this movie and he's like a rock star or something. Is he like he's the male, the, like the love interest that they both want or something? I, j- I can just see him as... No, he wasn't um, love interest. He was like... Yeah, he was... I think he was kind of a love interest, but he was like a rock star that like... Lizzie... Lizzie... <laughs> Lizzie <laughs> Lohan's <laughs> character like really loved. And then like... He's kind of underwhelming when you get to right. meet him. But like that's where I... This is where I remember him. That's why I was like, I remember this guy. So like... Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. That was like another... Right. Classic. Okay. Wow. So, we might yeah. watch it, I think. Yeah, we can add it to the list. list. And then, um, yeah, yeah, so John Goodman, who's like a, a massively well-known actor, um, and um, 
a, go, a Golden Globe Award winner. Um, he, mm-hmm. I think he's most known for um for, um for a character he played on a show called Roseanne, and I I think he played her yeah. husband. Then they tried yeah, to like yeah. revive it, and then she made a comment on Twitter, and then I think they like cut her out of the show or something. There was like a whole. Oh yeah, she said like a. Uh, oh, word, was that it? I can't even remember. I just remember there was yeah. like a whole thing on Twitter. There was like a really massive controversy. Yeah, she said. I think she said the N word, and then she just didn't apologize. Yeah. Something, and then no more reboot. Like, yeah, or did they it? reboot it and then just cut her out? I I don't. Oh, they no, didn't. they no. they didn't. They were just like he's in Atomic, He's in Atomic Blonde, 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 which yeah. is like a really weird so movie. So saying, so speaking of Atomic Blonde, that's Char Charlize Theron, isn't it? I always, I always like her yeah. name. Yeah, Charlize Theron. Yeah. I thought the barmaid, you know, the owner of Coyote Ugly. I thought that was Charlize you, Theron at a point. I was like, she, do you not think she looks a lot like her? Do you not? No, she reminds me of she someone really else. She really reminds me of Charlize, no, yes. Char- Charlize Theron. And then we have um, Maria Bello, who plays, um, she plays Lil, the bar manager. And um, I've seen her in a few things. Oh, she is. I don't know if you've seen Grown Ups with um, yeah, Adam Sandler, I think I have. Chris Rock. Yeah, um, it's got David Spade in she it. She plays one of the. She's one of the pe- one of the. Yes, um, moms yes, it does. Yes, it does. She plays. Yeah, yeah she one plays of one of their wives. Yeah. yeah, one of the moms. Yeah. Um. So she. Um. She was also. She was also in NCIS. Okay. Mm, I know her from NCIS. Is. Yeah, exactly. If you can't relate. Can't relate. And then we have Isabella Miko, who plays um, the. She's oh, I forgot. I her think name. she's Cami. Yeah, she yeah. plays. Yeah. Uh, Cami. She plays Cami. Yeah, she plays Cami. Um, she's been in Step Up, which I can't, can't really remember. place her. I can't remember who, but I think she's in the most recent Step Up movie, which mm-hmm. I hadn't seen because by that point, all the Step Up movies were just getting a bit old. Um, she's also in Save the Last Dance 2. I've seen Save the Last Dance 1, but I haven't seen 2. And she is also in Chicago Fire. And um, we've got Tyra Banks. We all know Tyra Banks from America's Next Top Model, I'm sure. I mean, you... I'm sure, yeah. at least. I hope Tyra we Banks all do. Tyra Banks is iconic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She plays Zoe, who is like... She she's technically one of the coyotes, yeah. like the coyotes, but she's one in of the five minutes. But um, yeah, literally like five minutes. Her her role is a bit underwhelming, but like Fee pointed out before that she's in um, her obviously she's on the film poster, which is a bit like oh okay, but I guess you know yeah that, for that sure was for sales and yeah, and then I think the last coyote will be um mm-hmm. Rachel who. Um, it's played by Bridget Moynihan. Yeah, yeah Moynihan. Um, she is in iRobot. She is also in The Sum of All Fears. Um, John Wick. She, um, she's in the John Wick movie. <laughs> You've got Violet's um, best friend, who is played by Melanie Linsky. And um, that is Gloria. I think she's an... Um, Oh, what's that show with Charlie Sheen? And then... Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. 
I think she's in Two and a Half Men. Maybe she's in Two and a Half Men. I think she's in Two and a Half Men. Oh, she's in Sweet Home Alabama. She's a sweet home. Yeah, Alabama. that's what I remember. And I think she's in like the perks of being a, a wallflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is. Yeah, um, she's also in Win Win. She is in Shattered Glass. Um, yeah, she's been in quite a few things as well. I, I, don't... and then yeah, I think though yeah, those are basically like the main, the main characters. Yeah. Um, of the movie, yeah, and then you get Leanne Rhymes. Who's Who in it for played, like two seconds? Yeah, she's in it for like two seconds, yeah. and she like sings at the end. Um, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah, literally that is all. But yeah, so she like comes. She like plays a coyote that replaces Violet after Violet leaves, um, and yeah, she like does a bit of singing. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna touch upon the critics a little mm. bit, and then I'm gonna go into the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So obviously. I think I no, I mean, it's like no sense kind of thing. A lot of it was kind of negative reviews. Um, some th- some of the things that I kind of agree with, mm-hmm. which I normally don't with critics. Um, but yeah, so it generally received negative reviews from critics. Um, it was kind of centered around the belief that it was uh, an excuse to portray hot, sexy women jo- dancing on a bar in a wet t-shirt contest. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roger Ebert, who's one of our favourite critics, um, expressed, let's say, um, that you get the feeling these movies are assembled from mm. off-the-shelf parts. Although he doesn't ask for originality, he criticises the complete lack of surprises. Um, Ebert praises the technical merits of the film, um, but you can pump up the volume only so one of those friendly Julia Roberts smiles. I would definitely agree with that i think um it was kind of don't want to say it was Mm. misogynistic but i think because it was um i don't know i think it was like i guess feminist in its own way kind of thing but also i think it was because it was directed by a man produced by a man kind of thing i don't know how like it literally was kind of just like just sexualizing women. women yeah yeah and i'm i like obviously i don't care about censorship or like all of this bullshit but it's just more of like how are you really portraying an empowering woman or like a strong woman and like what are you doing kind of thing um but i, I think some some people like like to argue that oh but this is women claiming their sexuality and owning their sexuality and you know like which is yeah which is fair know, enough it totally so, is i mean i agree with your point but i'm just saying like other people no i agree like, with that argue, point as well where yeah. it is like female you know um women are showing their sexualities and they're rugged mm. and they're like sexy and they're allowed to do whatever they want mm. fair enough but i don't think it should be plastered and this whole thing of there is a kind of there's a kind of like of, we'll talk about this later on there's kind of a hint of like shame in it which if you right. are portraying that yeah. like this yeah. kind of work isn't shameful. You shouldn't have that attached to it. Yeah. There's yeah. that whole bit of like her, her dad was like, basically mm-hmm. you're dancing on bars. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, but don't, don't, don't present it as being shameful. And then don't present it as like women, basically just wanting to be like naked and dance for men kind of thing. And like, um, but moving on to the soundtrack, um, soundtrack was actually really some, like I really liked, um, a lot of it was kind of like relevant 2000 songs um 
There was a party up in here by DMX. Mm-hmm. I will survive um, wherever you will go. That was one of my faves. Um, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Um, Love is Alive. Oh my God, Anastasia. Who remembers Anastasia? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, so I, my cousin had like an Anastasia lunchbox when we were young. <laughs> I, so, like I had friends who had the perfume. Anastasia had a perfume, I think, and the people had that. Oh Um, my gosh. There's a little Elvis Presley as well, Can't Help Falling in Love. Mm. Um, I love rock and roll, that song as well. That was really nice. Um, Yeah, I just loved, I love the soundtrack. I think that's the only thing I loved in this movie. It was all irrelevant 2000 songs, um, which I really liked. Um, And yeah, I think, Belle, I'm going to move on to the facts, if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. Go for it. Okay. I don't think there's a lot of facts. Okay. Um, but yeah. So the number one fact is Leanne Rhymes did all of the singing for Piper Pirabo. I don't oh. know if you guys knew that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, after test screening, the filmmakers discovered from the audience that they wanted to see more of John Goodman. So new scenes with him were filmed and added into the final cut. Bridget Bridget Moynihan was taller than the set designers thought, so the bar above the counter was raised so she wouldn't hurt herself during the dance scenes. The soundtrack album of this movie was on Billboard Top 40 album chart for over a year and it sold more than 3 million copies. I mean, granted, it was kind of amazing. Inspired by the GQ magazine article The Muse of the Coyote Ugly Saloon by now famous author Elizabeth Gilbert where she describes her experience as a former coyote bartender. Elizabeth Gilbert for all you don't know uh, was the author of Eat, Pray, Love and um, City of Girls. I think she also did another one. I can't remember. But I remember City of Girls and Eat, Pray, Love. Um, there are, oh, again, I think we mentioned this, but there are a whole chain of Coyote Ugly bars across the world. But the, ero- but the original Coyote Ugly bar was opened in ni- New York in 1993 by Liliana Lovell, who served as a consultant of the film. Hence the manager's name being Lil. Um, Jessica Simpson right. went through many auditions for the lead actor, but dropped out when filmmakers refused to take out the sex scene. Most of the sex scene was cut from the film anyway. That's not true. Um, <laughs> John Goodman admitted that he participated in this film only for the money. Well, good luck. Good on you, John. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, writer Gen- Gina Wenko said that she was actually surprised that action producer Jerry Bruckheimer wanted to produce the movie, as she did not think that the film was his style at all. Huh. Hmm. Piper Perabo used a body double for the sex scene in the unrated version of the movie. That doesn't make sense, so... Oh, I'm guessing because the rated version wouldn't have it? Wouldn't have the Wait, scene? but in, in, the, in the one that I watched, there was no sex scene. Okay, the one I watched, there was like a full-on sex scene. Oh really? Yeah, like they it was oh, nudity as so, well, so it was proper like yeah. Oh, so it was that's interesting. So it was cut out of mine. 
So because, I think because yours were the rated version, I'm guessing. Yeah, because um, I mine mine shows the part where she's um, you know when he set up all like the, ma- not mannequins but all like right. the the um the cardboard cutouts. Right. So they're like talking, and then after there's a scene where she's at the piano. And then he wakes yeah, up. Yeah, so in between that, there's a right. whole sex scene, right? It's like right. a okay. I'm like, really, really gross. Yeah, that's that's. It was just way really too much. Long. I was like, this is why mm. we don't need to. Yeah, it was also really uncomfortable because I just didn't think they had any chemistry. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Uh, every time Violet passes the bouncer, he's reading a book about college. Which bouncer? Um. I don't know. Which one? You know the bouncer that throws him out when he's like he like punches the guy in the bar. When oh Kevin right, the, the yeah, the from like the bar. Yeah. Right, okay, got it. Um, Britney Spears, Feruza Balk, and Jewel Kilcher were also considered for the role of Violet Sanford. I'm glad Britney didn't do it because uh-uh. Britney doesn't deserve that, guys. <laughs> um, Kevin Smith revealed on the Dogma commentary track that he did uncredited work on the script. He also said that one story element of this movie that most would believe could be attributed to him um, was Adam Garcia's character being into co- comic books that wasn't his idea at all. The next fact, so this is really interesting and it kind of makes me hate this movie even more. So, and it's kind of like is this on the border of me too but i don't think it is i i don't know mm. i mean don't know how to judge this but anyways january jones who i think everyone knows was she in mad men mad um, men I, mad, I, mad, I, I know mad her men. name i think i know her name i don't know she's been is. in so many she's in the help or something as well and like She's in so Oh, many her, things. yes, yeah, yes. In, I've uh, seen her in, I've seen her in The Unknown with um, yeah, Liam Neeson. She's in American Pie as well, and she's in Mad Men, which is her most famous kind of role. Right. Date. Um. So she auditioned for the role of Violet Sanford. It was her second audition ever in her career, and she revealed in an interview that she was left absolutely mortified by an unexpected request. She had done the reading for the acting part. And then Jerry Bruckheimer wanted her to come in and dance on top of the table. She was told then she was going to pole dance, but there is no pole. Joan said that she tu- she turned beet red. It was awful. And he said something like, "Honey, you got a great you did a great reading, but you've got no rhythm." I called my agent and said I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, oh my gosh, no, he's um. Yeah, it it just sheds more light on what um his intention was for the movie, right? Because, exactly. You know, because you were saying it could be like a feminist approach, but it just seems like it was just an opportunity to, just like basically, display women as like objects, basically. Yeah, as this like, and just okay. sexualize them. Yeah. Yeah, just highly sexualized objects, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of like debuts in this film as well i don't know if you saw alex borstein but she's in she's in one of the scenes and she's like basically um she's like the lady that's like off like um you know when her dad is dancing on the bar and she's like one of the ladies that is like offering oh like yes. and i'm like oh my god that's alex borstein yes aka oh, was 
Ungamaya. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, guys, if you haven't watched the Lizzie McGuire movie, that's where, like, we're talking about. That's what we're talking yeah. about. So go watch it. Um, and go listen to the episode. Yes. Go listen to that episode. I think that was about all the, about from me, Belle. So if okay. you want to carry on. Um, so I will go into the uh, script, but um, it's a very kind of brief overview of the script. Mm-hmm. So f- first of all, this is supposed to be classed as an Americ romantic musical drama, which I would disagree. I don't see it. I don't see it. And yeah. then it's also um, classed as a comedy, which I just didn't see. I don't see it either. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of what you would label it as instead. Um, uh, like a, a coming of age? Of, yeah, I was going to say coming of age. I, yeah. I think that has to do like a coming of age drama. Maybe. Well, like a dark indie, I think this would be. Like an independent indie movie, I think. Right, be. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a musical. I mean, there's a bit of singing and a bit of dancing, but it's not like a musical drama. Right. A musical, I feel like a musical drama, I, I would say Grease is a musical drama and yeah. like Hairspray and yeah. But I thought it was random to call it a musical drama. Um, and yeah, so like i mentioned it's um it's supposed to be a comedy i literally cannot remember a funny if it's supposed to be a comedy i can't i can't remember what funny scene is in there same here like it there's no comedy it's just a common of age with a bit of romance yeah yeah and obviously the romance that we're talking about is um the relationship that develops between violet and kevin um, and that's a very kind of um, on and off, not on and off, but um, there's like a big fight that they have and then they um, decide to like get back together. But um, so we've got Violet's character who is um, very, she's um, very sweet and innocent. Um, she moves to a new town, obviously New, um, new York City. And um, she's then faced with um, the fact that she has no job, has no um, has no income. So she de- that's when she decides to get the job at Coyote Ugly. And we basically see her transform into a different person because she goes from being sweet and innocent to this um, woman that's like dancing on tables and, you know, just like being very not aggressive or forward with with men, but... Um, very assertive so we see her kind of go from um someone who's a bit um very kind of innocent to someone that's um a bit more like in your face i guess and then we've got adam's character who is he's got like a charm about him he's um he's a sweet guy um and yeah we just see that we um we just see um in his persistence to help her overcome her stage fright we see him kind of go out of his way to um get her like roles and not roles sorry um to get her um to edit get her shows Um, and stuff yeah so we see him yeah kind of go off his way to like get her shows um where she can like basically meet people in the industry for um yeah, for, sure. for her music so yeah so yeah those are like the two main characters to be honest and then everyone's kind of like a supporting character 
and I'm surprised that John you, it's interesting you said the thing about John Goodman because watching it um, I thought to myself he's quite like a major character so I'm surprised that mm. he had such little he has such little role in this movie but I mean but I'm guessing I it was I yeah I think I uh, because I think what happened was they must have rewrote it and then like he, he then and then that's why he has such a massive character kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I wish he had more of a role, but... Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that that is all. Um, Fee, have you um, kind of covered everything you wanted to? Or, um, and should we jump onto yeah, the I questions? Yeah, I think we can just or? jump into the questions now. Yeah. Okay, so like um, like we always do, we will dive into the relationship between the female characters and um, how do we think that um, what do we think of the portrayal of the female characters in the movie okay um, I think the only female relationship that there is in this movie is between Violet and her best friend the mm. Gloria who gives her mm-hmm. money and stuff and like mm-hmm. is like kind of a protective mother kind of friend um, whereas like I thought this would be like a movie about a sisterhood of like friends and like especially these girls that are in like working in the bar and like we rarely see anything like that like we um we don't see them bond at all i think they are kind of like it's weird because it's kind of like shows women as competing with each other rather than mm-hmm. like being friends with each other um and Oh, Belle, I think you're like... Um, yeah, so I think... I expected going into this movie is like seeing kind of a sisterhood formed. But I think it's completely the opposite. Like, when she goes to the bar, like, she sees them, like, kind of, like, being really, like... Uh, what's the word? Like, very uh, tough with her and, like, mm-hmm. very cold to her. And then it's not yeah. until, like, she performs, literally that's when they show her her support and then obviously when Lil kind of goes to her and like shows her like she's like basically like don't give up kind of thing all of that stuff Mm. but um even that I think like it's not really heartwarming there's like not no substance to it I think the only kind of element I guess of of a relationship between females is that relationship that her and her best friend have and even that I think isn't like I don't know. I I, I I I wouldn't even comment on the relationship of this movie just because I just mm. f- found it all fruitless and like mm-hmm. just kind of really like um, what's the word for it? Like uh, like of no substance basically. So I yeah. I mean I really don't think that they did pay more attention about like creating these female characters and like um. Yeah, and, like, it was just really, like, uh, like loose and, like, there was no kind of, like, thread of commonality or, like, uh, anything that was, like, you know, kind of drew, drew, drew you into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there is, like, that big of a female relationship and, like, whether female relations really do matter in this movie. But mm. yeah, that's my that's one my, woman's opinion. How about you, Belle? Yeah, um, I think. So I mean, on 
see on one on one hand i completely agree with what you're saying fee the, I feel like the only redeeming factor is the fact that these women actually have um, aspirations. So you've got Tyra Banks's character Zoe, who um, we know that she's like trying to like her. Basically, it seems like her New York dream is um, to go to law school. So we see right. that she's like someone who's like aspiring to have a career and you know um, move on to like something some you know basically something that she's been dreaming of um mm -hmm. and obviously we've got the main character as well who um violet who um obviously the bar isn't her final destination but we see that women are aspiring to do more with their lives and wanting to do more with their lives i feel like that's the only redeeming factor of the movie but everything yeah else i mean is they have much. ambitions like i i don't yeah I, like, obviously i'm not cancelling that out like they don't have no 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 that's yeah. not yeah no i mean that i feel like that's the only positive thing you can say about the women right yeah yeah because everything else is so like it's very demoralizing it's very um what's the word i'm looking for it just it just makes La it look yeah. like they just lack morals and values and it's almost as if in order to get to where she needs to get she's got to compromise and you know right. that idea of like people move to new york city and it's like hard and that thing of people saying oh they worked as a waiter in this um cafe before they made it they'd audition before they exactly, made it and stuff yeah. like that i feel like that's what's supposed to be that's what's being misrepresented here right. and it's almost as if it's it feels like the movie saying um go as low as you can or do do by all means necessary do whatever you have to to get to where you need to kind of thing right. which i think is like a horrible message because even her dad you know you mentioned something earlier about um shame being attached to what they do as right. like dancers and like with all their like antics um and there is shame like and it, it's sad that if it's supposed to be about showing women in a great light then why is it shameful uh, i mean we do see that scene where she's um she leaves a voice message for her dad and she's like i'm not going to say sorry because i don't think um i don't think i'm doing anything wrong and right. i don't think there's anything i need to apologize for but it's just like eh, because what's interesting is fr from the women's point of view it's very much like it looks empowering but from the men's point of view it's like look how much you're degrading yourself and you right. know and i you know and i feel like that is the perception that comes across from to the audience because you even i don't know if you remember the scene where um her boyfriend kevin gets annoyed with her because she doesn't show up at his friend's show yeah and then he's like um he makes a comment he's like oh at least she like says something like oh and you have no ambitions kind of thing and he's like i don't know something like oh well I I live, like, at least i, at least I live with dignity or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like he it's basically a comment on the fact that what she's doing is not dignified right yeah so i just i yeah it was it just wasn't a very tasteful way to if that's what the director and the script that's what the movie was going for it definitely didn't come across in that way right I mean, I'm definitely, like, not... I think what the thing is, is I'm not uncrediting the fact that, like, you need to start low f 
to get somewhere because I feel like a lot mm. of people that like have had this journey can relate to this movie in the sense of that mm-hmm. they've had to work in like the lowest of lows yeah. to get to the highest of highs kind of thing which yeah. I totally understand but my whole thing is I don't even okay I think yeah the script could work because whatever it's like you know the girls have ambition whatever 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 I my main problem is the way that it's been portrayed and I think the the eye or like the gaze that it's come from and I think it's mm-hmm. like um the way it was I'm guessing directed or the way that it was portrayed on screen I think that's where my problem is is like it's losing its ambition it's losing its morality and like the story mm. point and everything because it because on the way it's being filmed as is it's like girls gone wild kind of thing yeah where it's completely the opposite these girls are like obviously like fierce they're like empowering and they're empowered and they're trying to like make their ends meet kind of thing it's not really conveying in that kind of thing it's more at, more along the way of like they're just kind of selling themselves to get their dreams which that's my problem with this movie it's just mm. like this just basic advertisement of eye candy and like over sexualized female mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, gu- I guess over sexualized women and like again just kind of objectifying I feel like even the bar in a bit in a way is just like I mean, obviously, I don't want to go too far, but it's like they are like they understand why they're so popular because men just come out mm-hmm. this bar to go like stare at them and like mm-hmm. to get crazy and whatever. And yeah. I think that that's all fine, but I think it's just the way it was portrayed. It like it looked really sleazy. It looked mm-hmm. really like I don't know. I think it it just kind of gave the sleazy film to this mm-hmm. to this film that it probably didn't need. Um, and I think it kind of removed focus from the original kind of story and like the plot and what the writers were aiming for, for the story. Um, because there are so many other films that like show this, I guess, ambition or show the struggle or whatever, like, but in do it in a tasteful manner. But I think it was just, I don't know. I'm guessing it was, if it was directed by a female, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been different or... Mm. I don't know. I think it's 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 very like um it, yeah, again like I said that it just kind of takes away from from the story of it, I guess, and like just kind of it adds a more fl- filmsy and like sorry, flimsy and like sleazy feel to it, which mm-hmm. I think just kind of really which is why I didn't like the movie at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Okay. So, shall we go on to the portrayal of men, then? Yeah, if you Mm. do want to start. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've got... um, So, we've got the two male... um, I think, well, I'd say the main male characters would be um, Violet's dad and also her boyfriend, Kevin. Um, We see Violet's dad as... um, We see him as someone who almost... There's, so he actually makes a comment and he said um when violet decides to move to new york and on her last day she's like oh th- this is in the freezer and um your clothes are here and your food is here and that kind of thing and he's like oh i'm the parent and you're the child you know right. so the other way around but literally she's like having to take care of him and right. you know um it seems like she's like 
she you know she's kind of the active person in the house and he's kind mm-hmm. of like resigned and that might be um because of the fact that maybe her mom's passed away and he just feels a bit depleted right. so yeah but we see we see um we see them in a position where the the daughter's acting like the parent and taking care of her dad and her mm-hmm. dad's a bit more like um he's you know like he's not really concerned about his health um he's very kind of blasé about life in a way Definitely. And it's kind of like um, I'm sure you guys would have seen like movies where there's like a small town, who, um, and then there's like this person that wants to break away from the town to make it big. So he's very much of a small town man. And um, you've also got um, Adam. I mean, oh, what I will say about her dad is he's in the beginning he's not very supportive of her dream. He just thinks. Um, he just doesn't want her um going down that um that route um mm-hmm. that route in life but then obviously we see that he comes around and he's someone that is really supporting of her mm-hmm. and um yeah he's like a good dad um when the time comes and we've also got um Kevin um we see that Kevin is like hard work and he's got like three or four jobs um he's um, but we do see as he, like I think on the surface we see someone who's kind of like um, almost like a not a playboy but someone who's like you know like the the popular guy he's mm-hmm. like yeah not yeah not in like the sense of like a high school popular guy who's like known by everyone but you can see that he's like a confident guy who um, isn't afraid to go for what he wants mm-hmm. and um but then we also see, see like the vulnerable side to him when he gets annoyed at her and right. um he's kind of content with his life um but we also see the part where he's um you know we learn that he doesn't have a family and all that stuff so you see that beneath the surface he, this is someone that's um kind of struggling basically mm-hmm. so it was good to see that he wasn't like a rock solid had hard person right. but he right. was yeah we saw like different sides to him yeah but yeah yeah but I how, think how did you what were your thoughts on it i think yeah i would i would agree most for the most part like mm. i i think i understand the dad's reservation because obviously she's a young girl and like it's mm-hmm. if she went, went anywhere i think it would she it would kind of frighten him or whatever and like yeah um i think he obviously was supportive i just think he didn't want to kind of see her go and stuff Mm. and like also they have this whole hankering like fear of failure because of their mom and the fact that she wasn't able to make it as well so Mm -hmm. i think that plays a major part on why he's so reluctant in letting her go um and yeah and i think the whole like debate about like when he sees her and like um working and stuff like that and i think for the first thing i think because she didn't tell him the truth and i she doesn't say that she's working in this bar and you know whatever but i also think it is like obviously i think for him it's like okay she's completely taken a detour like she's Mm -hmm. not doing this because she's of her career she's doing this because that's what she wants blah 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 um and i think that's also like something that we kind of have to take in and stuff but as a male character i think i really did like him because i think that he was protective but he was also open like towards the end and he was like supportive of her like even though like you know she kind of 
takes a step without him he's always kind of like it's fine i can give you the money if you need which obviously yeah. like, she doesn't want to do that but it's she, she is like he is kind of her support like in yeah. the end especially like when they go and like see her perform and stuff and mm-hmm. i think that um yeah, and I think, like, I, I don't know. I think I liked his character the most, and I think I liked Kevin's character the most as well. Like, mm. um, I like Kevin because he's, like, literally just, like, focused on, like, wanting to make her dreams come true, like, yeah. sacrificing his, his comic books, which is, yeah. like, such a massive thing. That to was really sad. Like, to get her a gig or, like, get her a slot in a concert. And the fact that, like, sh- he's the only one that she can sing in front of. Like, mm-hmm. um yeah so i think like the men i guess are are there for her more than the women are Mm -hmm. in this movie which is Mm -hmm. really interesting Mm. um and understandably i think also like when he gets pissed off when he sees his girlfriend like get hit Mm -hmm. on by someone else like that's Mm. totally understandable and whatever like it's i guess good to be that possessive i'm um and i think that like she yeah i didn't think there was anything wrong with that as well yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. She kind of loses herself with it. With I guess that's why her bro- her her boyfriend and her dad both get pissed mm-hmm. off is because she's not who she used to be, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because of this bar, and it's because working here has ch- kind of changed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as a whole, I I would just agree with you as well, and I just say that I far more prefer the male characters than the female in this movie, and I think that true their actions are somewhat justified as well and their reactions are somewhat justified because of the way that this main character like changes mm-hmm. if that makes sense in the movie um so yeah i think i think the male characters are definitely more healthy and like yeah um than the female characters i guess yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah, um, yeah so shall we it, it's time it's that it's time, time guys. for that rating that marvelous it's time. time for the ratings so who would like to go first fee i have the least go first? to say go so can i just go first yeah. <laughs> yeah. i have the least to say i want to give ahead. it a 0.5 out of 5 <laughs> i don't even i think you know what the 0.5 is probably just there for the soundtrack like the only thing that i enjoyed in this movie was the soundtrack and probably kevin i think that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally why I, I'm going to give it a 0.5 out of 5. Don't understand why it's a cult classic. Don't attack me if, you mm. know, this episode has made you angry. Don't care. This was a crappy movie. And I, I am more than happy to express my opinion. But yeah. <laughs> Is this the lowest you've scored a movie so far? I, I'm don't just think I've ever, think. I don't think I've ever given it a lower than 0.5 or a 1. Oh my gosh. So oh, this is okay. how you know how I it was torment sitting through that movie. I swear to God. Right. If you could see me. Yeah, I know. She's crying. like literally the smoke coming out of her head. <laughs> I just it was just so pointless and boring, and I was just like, oh my god, what is this movie like? Anyways, what about you, Belle? Okay, so I um, I mean, I'll I'll give it a bit more than a zero point point five. <laughs> um i um i thought i'm just trying to think of like good points um but yeah the soundtrack i liked as well um i also there's so many I'm, good points i'm like what else did i like 
Um, I also liked that it was, um, I don't know, guys, I'm struggling here. I'm really struggling. Um, the, I mean, the I men. thought, uh, I mean, yeah, I like the male characters as well. Um, I mean, for a nice change, we do see men in a very nice light. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, we also see, we see the negative thing is we see the women in a bad light. But um, and I also thought it was a bit. It was a bit like, um, you know, when you're like to have like Leanne Rhymes and Tyra Banks. Right. I mean, I know movies do that all the time with like you know, getting, like, Rihanna to play, like, her role or getting Nicki Minaj or, like, a big cat, you know, some someone that's really well-known to play yeah. a role. But I just thought in this movie it was very pointless. And she was in, they were of, both in there, like, for two minutes. Yeah, and it was a bit silly that, obviously, Tyra Banks was on the cover. I just thought it was right. a bit, you know, I just, yeah, it just, I feel like it was a... It's getting coyote ugly up in here, no, Tyra. <laughs> I just thought it was like a sales tactic, like for sure, it, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. Tyra um, Banks was the shit back then. I mean, she still is, but you know. Oh, what was that? Um, oh, it's also labeled like, labeled as a rom com, which it is not. It ain't. It's it's neither a romantic movie nor is it a comedy. I mean, I'm sorry, they have zero chemistry. Like, yeah, it was so they weird. Didn't really have That's why the sex scene was so weird because I was like this is gross like they don't have no chem- and it just like felt really weird to watch they and I was no like chemistry. why am I sitting here like watching them make love like that is gross <laughs> but um, I mean those are the bad points but um, yeah I mean the fact that it was a coming of age um, I feel like they well, it wasn't a coming of age but Fee and I are saying it's a coming of age. I think it's drama. more of a coming of age, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that um, the fact that she's a young 21-year-old, the coming of age, the concept, you know, that concept did come through very well, um, right. even though they, do, they don't acknowledge that it's a coming of age. But I, d- I did think that that theme did come through very well. We see her going from, like, someone who's a small, you know, a small-town girl where, like, everyone knows each other to this big city where she's having to like go on this adventure and mm-hmm. um, meet all these new like different characters that she's probably like never come across before so i thought that came through very well um awesome. yeah um so um for my rating i would give this movie a one and a half because there are way more negative points than there are positive points and i i feel like the negative points aren't like small things that you can ignore um, they right. are quite like big things about the movie, so right. yeah, I'd ha- yeah, sure. one, yeah, one and a half, I'd have to say. I mean, I've already expressed my opinion, <laughs> so there we have it. Um, that was Coyote Ugly for all of you, um, yes. cult classics. If you actually like this movie, please let us know why, and like, because I just want to see like what, like what really appeased you about this movie. I just really want to understand. Maybe it's nostalgia for some people because. Mm. This is my first time watching it. So maybe it's that for other people. Um, but nevertheless, you can let us know on Instagram or Twitter at FlickTalkPod. You can also email us at FlickTalkPodcast1 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we are always here on Acast, Apple, Spotify, whichever platform hosts podcasts we're there. Belle, any parting thoughts? 
any part in thoughts? I don't have any part in thoughts for you. And then I guess we will say au revoir. We will um, say goodnight, goodbye. Bye! Bye. Guys. <laughs>